Next on Rugby Wrap Up, the next big thing on the American rugby landscape, Rugby Town's crossover athletes. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. everybody and welcome back to rugby wrap up thank you once again for tuning in matt mccarthy here in new york city and i've got two gentlemen that represent the exciting stuff that's going on out in rugby town usa glendale colorado mr mark bullock and mr. david still one is a player and one is a director of rugby i bet you can guess which is which out when you're watching but let's start with mark mark let me get this straight and correct me because I've, you know, I've had a lot of head knocks. So you are the director of rugby for what is now called the American Raptors Academy team, which is basically a crossover athlete program developing rugby players. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, for the American Raptors, which is a, a, a basically new marketing uh, of our team, and we're a crossover academy. And so our intent is to uh, bring crossover athletes uh, to the great game of rugby. All right. And is it is it the American Raptors or American? Because I know we got fellow great American Mayor Mike out there is a great American. Yeah, I'm all about America. We're about right. American American players and developing American players. the American developing the American brand. And and ultimately, um, if we're successful at what we're doing, is bringing in. Um, elite athletes, upskilling them to rugby, and then hopefully uh, they'll be recognized and be of quality enough to be pulled into the U.S. program. All right. But without insulting everybody out there that might have been born overseas that is now an American, I think we're talking about guys or players that have been born in America and sound American. Is that what we're talking about? That would be correct. They're they're born in they're born in America uh, and they're uh, university athletes. And, and we're just trying to skim some of those guys who aren't going off to professional NFL and trying to get them involved in rugby. Maybe a bit late in their athletic career, but um, we think we can upskill them fairly quickly. Okay, fair enough. And one of those players happens to be Mr. David Still. David, welcome to the show. I understand you're a fellow New Jerseyan. Yeah. South Jersey, born and raised. I'm North Jersey. We're representing the whole state here. So you, sir, were a three-sport athlete in high school, and then were just playing football in college? Yes, I only I had the chance to run track in college, but I decided to focus on football. And you are a large man. You're about 6'3". When you were playing college football, you were going about 240. And right now, rugby has taken some of that weight off you. What are you going now? I'm 215 now. I got to stay in shape to be able to run on a rugby field. I couldn't do that at a football weight. Because what were you playing in college ball, and what college was it? I played middle linebacker and defensive end, mainly in college at Saginaw Valley. It's a Division II school in Michigan. So, and now you're playing – I saw you playing sevens for the U23s, which is pretty cool. The United States. USA Rugby's under 23s at the Rugby Town Sevens, that spectacular tournament. And people were watching you, and you're zipping around on the Sevens field now. Yeah, I, it was my first time playing Sevens. I got to really use space and speed 
And that was your I, first time. Pl- wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was your first time playing sevens because there was some world-class talent on that pitch. First ever time playing sevens. Wow. That's Mark. That's, that's some pretty impressive stuff. The kid was raising eyebrows playing against that world-class, world-class competition. Yeah. Well, <laughs> David had uh, 15 weeks of rugby training with us. And then he was um, pulled into the Austin team and the MLR uh, at the conclusion of our season and then participated with them. And then from there, uh, he was recognized as a potential in sevens. So he's a pretty good example of how quickly some of these athletes uh, can be upskilled to rugby. Not that they're a finished product by any means, but, you know, it, it gives them a leg up. And so David's a perfect example of what we're attempting to do here in Glendale. Well, this is kind of pretty, this is pretty new, this whole thing. I mean, there's been chatter and everybody else has talked about crossover athletes and the NRFL that that was, that was going to take off, but you guys are actually doing it. And here's a product. Yeah, it's, and actually it's, we've been doing it in the United States for years, but it's just been individuals, you know, one person at a time, some uh, college club going, hey, why don't you come play rugby? And they do. Luke Gross, who's on our staff, is a perfect example of that, being a graduate student at Marshall University. And someone saying, hey, why don't you come play rugby? And he did. And within a year, he's with the U.S. team and he gets a uh, contract overseas. All we're doing is trying to organize that on a larger scale and see if we can't um, make a difference. And, and ultimately, uh, create an opportunity for development for elite athletes. And we consider them elite athletes because they've all received scholarships to university. And some of them uh, may be in uh, pro football camps or basketball camps. And, and so we just want to say, here's an opportunity. Do you want to take it? And then hopefully we can facilitate uh, their growth and then they can move on to uh, hopefully higher, higher levels. How'd you find David? Uh, David is like all of the other athletes we have. We search through um, uh, university programs and try to find athletes. We also, as I mentioned, we go to um, different combines. So there are different kind of combines out there and pro days. Uh, there's one group called the Spring League, which is pretty big. Um, and so we just go through and we try to contact athletes. And um, if they respond, we get right back to them. David, when you first got contacted, how, how was it? Was it social media or somebody, somebody stalk you on Facebook? What were you thinking? Was it the, do you know what rugby was? No, I didn't know what rugby was. I believe Peter messaged me on Instagram and it went to like request. I didn't answer it for a few months because I'm like, it's just another person trying to message me and talk to me. This is Peter Pask, right? Yeah. Yeah. Peter Pask. And after that, I answered, I'm like, uh, yeah, who is this? And he's like, yeah, my name is Peter. We're making a crossover rugby team, this and that. And young me, I'm I'm getting ready for the NFL combine. So I, I kind of just blew what it off. What the F is this? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of blew it off at first. But then after COVID hit and I never got that chance and he kept reaching out. He was consistent. And I said, I, I have nothing else to lose. Why not do I try it? And this is where I ended up. We got to take a quick break, my friend, but we'll be right back after this. 
If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. We heard Nick Saban talking about rugby, his punter playing for the rugby team this week. So, you know, it's starting to intermingle a little bit more and more every day. But what was your first reaction or or feeling when you were on that rugby pitch for the first time? It was different, way different from a football, like like from a football field. So my first time on the rugby field and I'm thinking, oh, this game is going to be easy. I'm faster than everybody. I'm, I'm 240 pounds. I'm 6'3". I'm fast. Yeah, but that first game, I started to realize that this 240 pounds isn't the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> In a matter of like 10 minutes, I was gassed. And Coach Mark, I'm telling them, take me out. They're saying, you're not tired. Keep going. So, like, the first game pretty much was like breaking in the horse for us, you, as you would say. What position did they put you at? I was playing 15 the first game. You're playing fullback? Yes. Can you kick? No. Well, I'm kicking to you the next time I play against you right away. Kick okay. to you. No, no. I I'm just not... run it back. Yeah, you run right over me. So, <laughs> and, and you know, the, the whole difference about no substitutions, when you have the ball, there's nobody blocking for you. When you are on the ground, you can't hold on to the ball, which is ingrained in us from the time we're born in American football. Don't let go of that ball. Which was the more difficult adjustment? I think the most difficult adjustment was, I would say, the ball placement after getting tackled. Because I remember the first few times after I got tackled, I would place the ball up in the air. I wouldn't <laughs> like slide it on the ground. And Coach Smart came up to me a few times, like, just push it back on the ground. You don't need to hold the ball in your hand in the air. It, that was probably the most difficult for me because I'm so used to hold on to the ball. I don't let it go. To just be able to just put, push the ball back between someone's legs and say, here, take it. It was a bit difficult for me. All right, well, you're raising some eyebrows out at the Rugby Town 7s. And, Mark, where do you see him lining up in 15s? Well, actually, you bring up a really good point. Um, David's first game, we were playing uh, down in Los Angeles at the Guillotini's uh, site, and they actually scrimmaged right before we did. And then we played, and David came on in the second half because he had practiced very much. And you're absolutely right. Kicking was not his forte at that point in time. Um, but running the ball was, and they kept kicking the ball to him and he kept running it back and scored right away. 
uh, early in the game and the guillotini coaches were like, why are they kicking to him? <laughs> stop, stop kicking to him. Yeah. Let's so, stop doing um, that. That's right. But um, one of the things he's worked on and, and as part of, you know, obviously our development is working on his kicking and his ability to kick. Um, and so that's a skill uh, that uh, our players have to develop and, and he's working on that. So we think he's probably um, a 15. Um, we have played him at outside center, um, but we think that he's probably a 15 because of his ability to um, receive kicks and then counterattack. Uh, and then the kicking, as you said, is, is a work in progress. So not a six or a seven or an eight. Uh, no, he's not a six or a seven for us. Um, our six and sevens are uh, considerably um, they're as tall as he is and a little bit taller, um, but mass wise, uh, they're much bigger. And, and, and David, you, you were playing defense on the defensive side of the ball in, in football, right? Yes. So is, is this like a little bit of a vacation for you playing with running with the ball? Oh, no, because high school, I played both defense and offense. I was wildcat quarterback. I was receiver, but I always like defense more. And I, I even to this day, I tell the coaches when we're out of practice, can I just go play defense? I'm not the guy that likes to score. I just like hitting people. That's pretty much my forte. So, Mark, maybe with his QB skills, you could do like what Gary Lambert used to do and throw directly across the side of the field as, like, like a quarterback, throwing laterally, of course, across the field. Maybe you integrate that. Well, actually, it's funny you bring that up because uh, when I was coaching high school, um, rugby, one of my quarterbacks was an outside center for us. And I, in coaching a team, they all just funneled into where the ball was kicked. And so he just turned around, quarterback passed the ball across the field, off we went. So I think those are skills you can use. I don't think you have to be orthodox in playing rugby. I think you can use unorthodox methods. And if you have the skill to do that, I think you should use it. All right. So how does somebody get on your radar? How, how do you get the word out to them? That's actually an uh, interesting question. Um, first off, the word is out there uh, by word of mouth. Among other things, we do have contacts with various coaches. Uh, I'm talking about uh, college coaches and or NFL coaches or people that have been in the program. So those people are out, um, if you will, scouting for us. Um, so they're taking a look at what we're doing. And we also have uh, and they're not my f favorite friends, but we have agents that are out there representing players that have heard about us through the football combines we've been to. And so some of those agents actually will contact us about their players and say, hey, we've got a player because they've heard about our program. So the number one way that we get out there is just through one's word of mouth and our own uh, communication. So as an example, we went through every college program in the U.S., and one of our coaches um, basically looked up and recruited uh, – well, not recruited. It's not the right word. Identified all of the heavyweight and light heavyweight wrestlers in the U.S. program. Then from there, we go out and we send them an invite, just like David got, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever they're in, Twitter. And if they respond, then we immediately – contact them about what it is uh, we're doing. And so that's really how we go about it and get these things. The other is, is we go to pro days. Um, unfortunately, uh, the past 
COVID years yeah. or a year and a half. We haven't been able to pro day, but pro days are great days for us um, because we have an opportunity at the ones I've been to to observe the athletes, but more importantly, we interview the athletes. And again, we don't earmark the guys who could be drafted. We earmark the guys who might be undrafted free agents are not even going to get uh, that call up. So that's what we're doing to try to find our athletes. So you're in Glendale, Colorado, Rugby Town, USA, which where USA Rugby trains now. Will the academy team play against either the nation, the national team in, in scrimmages or maybe uh, against the U23s? Or what's what's the schedule of matches for you guys? Who you'll be playing against and or will you be playing at all against or scrimmaging with the Eagles? Yeah, um, the Eagles are training here at the same time we're training and, and whether or not we uh, have any kind of workouts with them in cooperation certainly would depend on what their needs are. Um, and if they ask us to, say, set down scrum or, or whatever their situation is, um, we're more than open to do that because it tests our players. Sure. Because um, one of the things that you always say is you don't know what you don't know. And it's like, we don't know what level we're truly at. And so that would give us an opportunity. But that all is determined by Gary Gold and his staff. Um, in terms of our schedule for the fall, we'll start playing um, Southern Cal Griffins on September 11th. And then we basically have matches throughout the fall, September and October. And we're looking to go to Uruguay um, in November mm. uh, to play down there for a few games and just establish relationships with South American teams um, so that the Americas can kind of build our rugby um, because the Europeans seem to want to focus on Europe and the South Bay or the Pacific teams want to focus on the Pacific teams. And, and we Americans need to focus on our teams and, and get better. Well, this is exciting stuff. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Rugby Town USA, so I love any rugby for me out there is good rugby. But in that theme, David, I have to put you on the spot and say, now that you've had a taste, which do you prefer, sevens or fifteens? I haven't really decided yet. I mean, I like sevens because I have the space to do what I want. But then I like fifteens because I'm constantly doing something. I'm constantly getting up, tackling, it's more kicking. It's more, I feel like it's more line breaks and sevens. I'm in, I'm playing wings, so I'm on the line and I don't really get any action unless it's coming to my side. And if you, as you've seen when we played in rugby towns, after the first few games, they just decided to go the opposite way. They wouldn't even come here. Yeah. Well, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're dopey collectively, but if eventually we figure things out in the rugby space. But if, you get the call from Gary Gold and Mike Friday to say, hey, I want you to play for the national team. Which call are you going to respond to with an affirmative? Sevens or fifteens? I want I'm nailing you on this. I actually talked to both of them. Uh -huh. I told them they had to figure out a way for me to play both. I got to like the attitude, Mark. You know, this is this is good. This is American. That's American right there. <laughs> he is American. And he's and he, and he does have a great attitude. More importantly, has great work ethic. Um, and he's and he's got opportunities. And a lot of our other players have opportunities also. So um, we're just going to keep plugging away and try to um, develop these athletes. And, and hopefully, uh, if they're good enough, they'll be recognized and have opportunities just like David has. So, Mark, do you think you could make a rugby player out of me? 
finally, once and for all? Because my teammates for years have been saying I, I'm not a rugby player. Well, can we make a rugby player out of you? Yeah. Well, that all depends on what you want to accomplish and your goals. What we can do is facilitate your development, and you'll take it to as far as you can take it. All right. A diplomatic answer, Mark. You didn't bite. I appreciate that. On that note, we are out of time. And I want to thank Mr. Mark Bullock and Mr. David Price. I'm Matt McCarthy. For these gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And make sure you check out our other segments, including our Rugby Town 7 special. Also, our interviews with the number one and number two picks for the MLR draft, who are actually out there at Rugby Town 7s. And check out our other segments, including the Rugby Odds, featuring WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, the world's best sports better ever in the Philly Godfather, and Rugby's Gift, Gift A. Bailu, our Major League Rugby show, Martial Law, The Zack Attack, and please sign up for our Rugby Wrap-Up Red Cross Blood Donor Team. <laughs>